I definitely don't consider myself to have chronic pain anymore because there's nothing that is always here. A lot of the symptoms that were really, really bothering me when I first discovered this work, my kind of like neck, shoulders, arms, and those are completely, completely better. Welcome to Like Mind, Like Body. I'm Laura Sago, and today I am interviewing a very special member of our curable community, Phil. Phil struggled with chronic pain and symptoms for nearly three decades, during which he experienced a whole sampler platter of symptoms, including back pain, neck and shoulder pain, nerve pain, fibromyalgia, fatigue, vertigo, and more. It has been a long and winding road to recovery, but today, Phil is happy to share more about his journey and how he took his daily pain levels down from around a 6 to a 1 to 2. If you're new here, just a heads up that this podcast is a part of the Curable universe. If you're dealing with any chronic pain or symptoms yourself, the Curable app is an excellent place to follow in Phil's footsteps and take your own healing journey in a very positive direction. You can get started on the program for free at curable.com. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. Phil, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, it's really exciting to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. So why don't we start at the very beginning of your long journey with chronic symptoms. Tell me about when your symptoms first began. Well, the first time that I remember having regular back pain was when I was a young adult. So kind of like in my 20s. For context, I'm 51 now. And it was around about the time that I'd finished university and I was working full time for the first time. So I was working as a teacher. So looking back, it was definitely a stressful time in my life of kind of adjusting to the responsibilities of adulthood and it was also quite a toxic working environment because the head teacher where I worked was quite manipulative and could be quite a bully actually which kind of linked to some past trauma for me in terms of being bullied at school so now like since I've discovered the mind-body stuff it makes sense to me why that would have been the time that the symptoms began yeah. So your symptoms started with back pain. And then what happened after that? Because I know you had a whole myriad of symptoms that developed over the years. Yeah. So the lower back pain was the first thing. But then sort of like over the years, the pain started to kind of move to different places. At that time, it wasn't constant. There would kind of I would have pain free times, but the kind of pain became more frequent more severe and more widespread so I'd go I kind of like kept picking up new pain symptoms so like as well as the lower back which would flare up periodically I used to then also get like neck pain shoulder pain I kind of got a list from a physio who I used to go and see when I was doing my kind of curable timeline and I look back and like all the different things that I'd been for treatment and I had like sore ankles at one point and a sore wrist at one point Sometimes it would be like my right hip and sometimes it would be my left hip. So it really was that kind of classic mind-body sort of story of the symptoms just bouncing around all over the place. And it kind of culminated with all over muscle pain, really. I was just constantly kind of like aching and had a lot of muscle stiffness and also a lot of fatigue sometimes when it was at its worst. And eventually also 
started to get nerve pain and some sort of numbness and tingling sensations. And most scary of all, I also experienced some muscle weakness, particularly in my arms and shoulders and wrists when it was kind of at its peak. Yeah. I imagine you were on a quest to figure out exactly what on earth was happening to you and what was happening inside of your body, probably bouncing around to multiple different doctors. What kind of diagnoses or answers did you receive during that whole quest? Well, I'm a bit weird, actually, in this world in that I didn't really seek diagnoses. I did have a scan on my lower back when that used to cause a lot of problems, and they didn't find anything wrong. So like on the MRI, nothing abnormal showed up, which I'm actually really grateful about now because it meant that I, in some ways I had less fear. But I just did have this feeling of like, well, why? And then they couldn't really tell me, like, it just happens. Some people just get back pain. But with the rest of it, I think a lot of the time I just used to write it off as kind of injury because I was very active. I was very physically active. I used to do a lot of exercise And I just used to kind of think that I'd overdone it or I must have like pulled something or I must have slept funny. And looking back now, it's kind of hard to understand why I didn't really seek more of a diagnosis. But I think I just always felt like I wouldn't really get an answer. Although I didn't go the typical medical route, I didn't have much involvement with my GP, like my family doctor. But I did see a whole host of physical therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, acupuncturists. I kind of went that route because here in the UK, there are usually quite long waiting lists for specialist treatment. And I always knew that my GP would just give me painkillers. That would be, or or maybe send me for a scan. So, and I, so I never really got any answers. I mean, based on all the symptoms that I have, I would have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. But by that stage, I didn't want a diagnosis of fibromyalgia because I didn't want to be told that I had something that the medical profession would say was incurable. Yeah. And how many years was this going on for? So from my kind of early 20s until I discovered this work two years ago, so like 25 years or so oh my gosh and I should say that also during that time like in retrospect I had other mind-body symptoms going on as well like so I also experienced like unexplained vertigo as a teenager I had a recurrent dental infection that there was no apparent reason for and I used to get a lot of headaches um, jaw pain and tension sensitivity in my teeth sometimes I would have IBS and sort of gut type symptoms palpitations and also, um, I'm, I'm transgender, so I was assigned female at birth, and I used to experience pelvic pain and also recurrent yeast infections, like for many years. So there was all of that stuff kind of going on alongside the muscle pain and tension. Yeah, going through that for so many years had to take a big toll on your mental health and potentially even your identity of, okay, I am a person who has a body that just gets symptoms all the time, or maybe something weird is wrong with it. And that's just what always happens to me. What was what was that mental journey like during that time? Yeah, I definitely remember feeling very kind of defeated by the pain. And once it got to the point where it was pretty much constant, I remember just almost not quite knowing whether it was normal like because by that stage I suppose I was maybe like in my 
late 30s and I was kind of like is this normal that other people feel like this and I remember asking my ex-husband because he used to have intermittent back pain and I used to say to him you know but does your back hurt all the time or only when it flares up and he would be like no it doesn't hurt the rest of the time it's fine the rest of the time and I'd just be but you know for me it always hurts a bit like this low level pain and then sometimes it gets worse and so that definitely felt like there was something wrong like why does this keep happening to me why do I keep getting these weird random injuries that aren't really injuries because there was clearly no you know major kind of incident that caused them so I think I was just very confused about it and as I should say I did get a couple of diagnoses of things on my shoulders um I did get diagnosed with bursitis at one point which then just you know is now fine and I also had separated shoulder so like the AC joint in my shoulder was visibly like out of place but in again in retrospect I think that both of those diagnoses the the issues were actually down to muscle tension which was caused by stress so I think that they were still mind body even though there was like a physical change in the body that was visible on a scan yeah so how did all of this impact your everyday life did it take any toll on your career relationships the activities you were able to do yeah I mean I would I was definitely afraid of injuring myself because I had this sort of mental view of myself as being this kind of fragile person who you know was was broken and weak and prone to injury so I was I, I did limit what I did and I would go through periods of like avoiding things so like I used to enjoy running and at one point I just more or less gave up running for a couple of years because I was afraid to run because I thought that it was exacerbating back pain and I'd also been advised by a physical therapist that running was like you know hard on your joints and that you shouldn't do it and so I saw it as a dangerous thing so I started swimming instead at that point and I also had fear of um, doing things when I had a lot of pain in my shoulders and upper back, I was really wary of like lifting things or doing anything that involved using my arms too much. So I would be like afraid of like mowing the lawn and like pushing the lawnmower around or worried that I would get or that I had repetitive strain injury, like from the vibration of the lawnmower. So it definitely had an impact on what I did. And I would rely on other people sometimes to do those sorts of things that I felt like I shouldn't be doing because they were bad for me. Yeah, it's so interesting. It actually sounds like throughout this whole process, you did have a somewhat accepting perspective. Of course, you did things to try to get rid of them, went to the physical therapists, masseuses. But it sounds like at the same time, you had at least somewhat resigned yourself that this was probably just going to be the case. This was probably going to be around for a while. At what point did that change? At what point did you start to believe maybe this doesn't have to be around all the time for me maybe things could be different what was that glimmer of hope yeah I think so just going back to what you said about acceptance but then you said resignation and I think resignation was was the really accurate way is it not so much that I accepted the symptoms but that I just really felt stuck with them I felt like nothing I did worked none of the kind of treatments I was trying really had any lasting impact and so I really did feel quite helpless and stuck with it as for the as for the glimmers of hope, I think it was before I discovered Curable and the whole kind of mind body universe, I had started regular meditation practice at that point. And I had started doing some body scan meditations that were meant to help with pain. And so by that stage, 
I already had an inkling that it was somehow related to stress. I didn't understand how, I didn't understand the pain science behind it, but I noticed that my symptoms were worse when I freaked out about them and when I focused on them. And I also noticed that in some ways, some of the things that I was doing to try and fix them were actually making them worse. So for example, having like sports massage would usually be counterproductive because it would just focus me more on the sensations and I'd be more aware of them. And so at that stage, it was like I had a sense that something wasn't right and that my fear and focus and kind of almost obsession with checking on my body and checking what was hurting that day and trying to stretch things and release things I kind of knew that it was making it worse and so I started to use more of a kind of process of like mindfulness and just like being aware of the sensation I was basically doing somatic tracking before I knew what somatic tracking was but I noticed that when I did that it helped that if I focused on my breathing and just tried not to freak out and not to keep kind of stretching whatever was hurting that it would settle down so I think at that stage I started to feel like if I could find the right thing that there might be a way of reversing it I think I, I kind of had that sense that it was something that I'd learned and that I could unlearn yeah so you start making these connections start noticing these patterns you eventually get into the curable universe, which I'd love to hear about how that happened as well. But before we get there, I, I want to stay on this thread about noticing these patterns. I'm sure when you first started down your curable healing path, you probably completed one of those initial exercises that is designed to help you make those kind of connections among, okay, what was going on in my life when the symptoms started? Hmm, okay. Was there anything else happening as a particularly bad flare-up came? Is there any other thing going on in my life that was significant at that time? Did you complete one of those exercises and how did you find it? Yeah, I did. I did complete one of those and I found that enormously helpful. Um, but there were a few really obvious ones that stood out. And so I've already said how like when I started getting symptoms, I was in a stressful kind of job situation with a boss who was really difficult to work with. Um, but there were a few other things that really stuck out. So the time that I had really extreme vertigo was after I'd like traveled halfway around the world with two young children, like on a family holiday, which was great, but it was also really stressful. And I was really scared of flying <laughs> before I got on the first <sighs> plane. We flew like, you know, from the UK to Australia via Hong Kong. And so that was a massive deal for me. And I don't think it's a coincidence that I had a huge attack of vertigo, like when we arrived, just because of that upheaval. Yeah. Another thing that happened, it was actually on that same trip, I received some really, really terrible news from a family friend whose daughter had died. And the day that we got that news, I had the worst bout of lower back pain that I have ever had before or since. It was it was agonizing, difficult to walk, difficult to do anything. And that came on the day that we had that news and I hadn't done anything physically different. And even at the time, I kind of thought this is really weird, like, that this back pain's come on, but it must be something to do with the shock and the grief of, of that. So that was another one that really stood out. And the last thing is in terms of like when the symptoms really escalated for me was really very much directly connected to the time when I 
started to realize that I was transgender and was kind of in denial about it for a while and didn't really want to look at it, but eventually kind of had to. And then around the time that I came out and had to tell my family, and that also led to the breakdown of my marriage, like my husband, who I had been in a really good relationship with until then, but but he's straight and <laughs> I was coming out as a man, so it didn't really work. And so there was so much kind of fear and loss and anxiety around that. And so it's no surprising again, in retrospect, that that was the time when my symptoms became really chronic and much more severe than they had been before. So again, that connection was just so obvious. Yeah, it's always really heartbreaking to hear about those moments when the pain flares up because it's obvious that there's so much pain going on emotionally inside during those times, right? Yeah. And fear and anxiety and all of that, but also how powerful, what incredibly powerful, almost definitive evidence that this can show up physically in your body as well and not just live as pain and fear and anxiety that is on this emotional level. So such powerful connections to be making, such powerful experiences. How did you feel once you started putting those connections together? Was it like a big aha moment for you? Yeah, it really was. I mean, finding curable in general was just like that massive aha moment that suddenly made it all make sense. Because as I said, I already had this recognition that there was something going on that wasn't physical, that was like my thoughts and my fear and my focus on the pain. But what curable gave me was the emotional parts. And that was like the missing link for me was, okay, so I'm in pain and I'm focusing on it and that's making it worse. But I didn't understand the why am I experiencing this chronic pain in the first place and discovering curable learning about the pain science learning about the mind-body connection and the emotional element was absolutely a light bulb moment for me and it made so much sense because as as I said you know the, the link was so clear and that made it really easy for me to believe it that made it really easy for me to buy in to the whole mind-body connection and I immediately knew that it was right and that that was what I needed. Yeah. So talk me through your first few weeks or months with the program. What kind of exercises were you gravitating towards? How was that feeling for you? Were you feeling resistance to it or were you fully committed? How did that go for you? So I started out by listening probably to every single of the like education pieces that was like you know I have a very analytical part that's really into the whole brain science stuff I had a background in psychology because I'd done a degree in psychology so I was like really interested in that so I listened to all of that and I listened to the podcast like probably every episode that there was at the time that I discovered it so that was like the first thing for me was that foundation of the psychoeducation and really making sense of it because I think I needed that in order to be able to believe it. And then I started doing the other exercises. So the timeline, as we've already discussed, was really helpful and making the kind of lists of stresses, that the kind of stress. The stress assessment. Yeah, that's the one. So again, that was kind of, that was helpful in terms of just recognizing just how much stuff there was on there, really, how much baggage there, <laughs> there is and how many things I maybe hadn't really allowed myself to feel at the time or hadn't been able to process. And then I started doing the writing exercises 
And at that point, I also discovered Nicole Sachs' journal speak. So at that point, I kind of switched to doing more of an unstructured journal speak practice. But the curable writing exercises got me started on that on that process. The other things I found really helpful in Curable App were some of the brain retraining things. And one of the ones that really stuck with me and that made a big difference was the trying to not talk about my pain, trying to not focus on my symptoms because I already knew that that was something that wasn't helping. And so I really, I really got on board with that one. And I tried to stop talking about it at all, stop complaining about it. Yeah, stop letting other people know how how I was doing. And I also tried to stop using the P word, <laughs> like even to myself. So I just, I would, I would think of sensations rather than pain anymore. I found that really helpful to just take away that kind of charge of fear that goes with that word. Yeah, that whole process can be one of the most challenging things for people to do when they're first starting out because talking about their pain has become this part of their identity, right? For the past 20 years, everyone who knows them maybe doesn't see them for a while. And then the first thing they ask when they see them again, oh, how's your pain doing? You know, so how did you manage that aspect of it? You know, kind of educating everyone around you like, hey, um, things are going okay. I actually don't really want to talk about my pain much anymore. How did that go? Yeah, I mean, it was mainly my immediate family that I needed to change that with, because I think I I didn't tend to talk about it that much to sort of the wider community, because my symptoms were never so severe that I couldn't hide it most of the time. So it wasn't something that I had to do a lot of re-educating with people around. And the other thing that probably helped me is that it was during the pandemic that I discovered curable. So I was mostly shut away at home doing this work and I didn't have a lot of interaction with the outside world. So it was only the people that I lived with. But the people that I lived with, I was very open about what I was doing and why I was doing it. And yet they were very much on board with it. So so it wasn't too difficult to kind of just flip that script. I mean, it was challenging for me because it made me realize how many times in a day I would have previously said something like, you know, oh, my back really hurts or oh, my shoulders feel rubbish today. And so it was catching myself before I said it that was the challenging part and just recognizing that and changing that habit. Yeah. So how have your physical symptoms changed since you first started diving into this work? They've more or less completely gone now. I mean, I think I would say that I feel like I'm kind of about 80 to 90% recovered. I definitely don't consider myself to have chronic pain anymore because there's nothing that is always here. And a lot of the symptoms that were really, really bothering me when I first discovered this work, the ones that were the most problematic were my kind of like neck, shoulders, arms, and those are completely, completely better. Um, I still carry a bit of stress in my lower back occasionally, which is kind of like the oldest symptom. So I figure that maybe it'll be the last one to leave, but it's not constant anymore. And I can absolutely see the connection to stress. So if I'm feeling particularly activated, if there's something going on that is causing me more stress than usual, then that will be the time that I'll feel something in my body. But it tends to move through fairly quickly. And there's no fear because... Yeah, because nothing is constant. And even symptoms that sometimes stick around for a while, then they will just randomly disappear or or it'll be something else the next time. So so it's really, really big change. Yeah, that's so liberating. If you had to put numbers to it, what would you say your daily average pain levels used to be 
pre-curable journal speak, all of this other stuff, and what are they today? So probably a daily average before would have maybe been maybe a sort of six out of 10 when it was at its worst. And now daily average would probably be more like one or two. That's great. Amazing. What about the rest of your life? How has everything else changed around the symptoms? Are there activities or new career opportunities you've been able to pursue now that you weren't able to before? Yeah, well, I think probably the biggest change for me, and it was also part of my recovery, was was getting out of a relationship that I was in that was really, really not helping me. So that for me was really key because when I discovered this whole mind-body approach and started really looking at what was going on and what was causing me stress, then I kind of had to address the fact that I was in a relationship that was quite toxic. And that was very difficult for me to kind of admit. I really didn't want to see it. I really didn't want to like leave that person, but I knew that it was going to be necessary because I really just felt that I wasn't going to be able to get better in that relationship because it created so much stress, the dynamic between us. So that was a really big change that I needed to do. And I think a lot of the reason that my pain had persisted, like sort of after I came out and after I split up with my husband, I think this new relationship was keeping me in pain. And I'd kind of set myself free by coming out, being authentic, kind of finally embracing my sort of true self. But then I kind of shut myself immediately into another cage by getting involved with somebody who wasn't good for me. So having to kind of recognize that and get out of that was really important for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think the importance of taking a look at your surroundings and asking yourself the question of like, is this an environment where I even am able to heal? Like, do I have the time to focus on this? Do I have the support system in place? If you do all of this healing work and something immediately drags you back down, it's like expecting your knee to heal after you keep banging it four times a day. You know, it doesn't get any kind of breathing room. So people often underestimate the importance of examining these things. Like, do I have the right boundaries in place? Do I have you know, are are there things that are bringing me down? So kudos to you for recognizing that and for doing what was right for you to move forward on your healing journey. Yeah, that metaphor of banging your knee four times a day is just, and and that's what that relationship felt like. And that's not to blame my partner, but it was the the combination of our personalities and the patterns that we'd got into. And it was too much to untangle and to and to fix. And so it really was recognizing that this is just not doing me any good because my nervous system, I couldn't get into a regulated state while I was in that relationship because it was just one drama after another. And I just didn't feel safe. How can you expect to be building new neural pathways when your nervous system is in a absolute constant state of high alert that you can't bring down for more than an hour at a time? Yeah, you've really got to look at that environment and those circumstances too. Yeah, so that was a big challenge for me. So that was like a really big thing that's changed. And just in terms of having to learn to take care of myself and learn to tend to my emotional needs rather than just ignoring them or shoving them aside or focusing on other people, which was a big part of that relationship was that I was so busy trying to like take care of my partner that I was completely not taking care of myself and not looking at what I needed. Yeah. So since then, you've also had a big career shift and and kind of new path that you've started pursuing. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, so discovering this work just really kind of set me on a whole path of doing something that I'd been thinking about doing for a long time, but it never seemed like the right time. I had started training to be a counsellor before I discovered this work, but I'd only done some very basic training and I wasn't quite sure whether I wanted to carry on doing it or not. But then after I'd been doing this work for a year or so, I decided to go back and to carry on with that training because I really want to qualify as a therapist so that I can help other people who are on this kind of a similar kind of journey. And I also, at the same time as doing going back to the counselling training, I did like a shorter course so that I could train as a as a life coach so that I could actually start working with people sooner. So at the moment, I'm a I'm working as a coach and I did some training with Serpa in the UK who train people in the mind body approach. And I've also done some training in the internal family systems model of therapy, which I'm really passionate about. And that was an important part of my recovery was using some of the internal family system stuff on myself. And I'm kind of a final year counselling therapy student as well now. So next year I'll be able to call myself a therapist, but at the moment I'm calling myself a coach. But that was like, you know, a huge change, giving myself permission as well to do something different and to really follow my instincts in terms of what I really wanted to be doing. Yeah, I mean, it's so amazing. And like, what a full circle moment for you to look back at your younger self in that toxic job situation, getting back pain to now having this totally new path that you're passionate about. Not only did you discover what was going on with you, but you're able to help pay that forward and help other people work through the same thing. You're setting your own boundaries. It just it's got to be surreal to to look back and see where you are now from where you came. Yeah, absolutely. And in a funny way, I've kind of come full circle because, as I said, my degree was in psychology. So I was always really fascinated by the mind and how the mind works. And I was always particularly interested in the brain science part of it. So it's kind of it's really lovely that I've come back to that now, like in this way that's really meaningful for me. Absolutely. So if someone is listening to this for the very first time, maybe this is their first exposure to mind body work at all. They're a little bit lost. What advice do you have for someone who is in that position and is just starting out on their journey? Okay, so I I thought about this one and I think there's like four things I'd say. First one was to try and be patient because I think that's such a big part of this work and it's the part that's really difficult for so many of us. Try and focus on the process rather than the destination because healing kind of happens for most people in like lots of small steps rather than one huge like magic wand moment so yeah so patience and then the second one is educate yourself because I think the psychoeducation is really important but don't get too bogged down in trying to understand every little detail because that can sometimes just be another form of distraction or resistance from feeling your feelings um the third one is is kind of on the back of that is is to turn inside and get curious about you get curious about your system learn to listen to what's happening that self-awareness and then the self-compassion that goes along with that have been really fundamental for me in my healing journey and then last but not least find a safe healthy way of soothing and calming yourself that works for you and like for me breath work is my go-to but different things work for different people, but just finding something that helps you to self-regulate 
is really important. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's incredible the journey you've been on both personally and physically throughout the last five years, coming into your authentic self, setting boundaries, ending relationships, beginning relationships. It's mind-boggling everything that you have been through and what an incredibly positive place you are in now and what a position you are in to help other people through similar challenges. I am very proud of you and I hope you are very proud of yourself. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to acknowledge that, but yeah, I am. I can really feel that I've come a long way and and it and I'm so grateful to have discovered this work and I'm really grateful to Curable for being the starting point for me, like the launch pad. Well, I'm so glad that it has. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Like Mind, Like Body. If you're interested in hearing more stories like this one, then be sure to check out our other episodes. There is a treasure trove of inspiration that awaits you. And once you're ready to steer your own healing journey in a very different direction, go ahead and get started on the Curable app at curable.com. Big thanks to our amazing show editor, Lori Poliski. I'll see you back here next time.